0: This is my journey from Epilepsy Tasmania. Real stories from people with lived experience of epilepsy and the experts trying to make their lives better.
1: The reason we chose to go and choose surgery, I wanted to sleep in the same bed as my daughter. Having nocturnal seizures, I could smack her in the head with my hands.
0: Finding the right treatment for epilepsy can be a long and frustrating process and not everybody finds a suitable medication. In fact, almost a third of epilepsy cases are untreatable through medication alone. That leaves some people with a really tough decision of whether or not to have brain surgery. This is Daniel's story. And like Amy, Daniel made the difficult choice to have surgery, but for him, it was a life-changing experience.
1: Um, recently, I had a seizure at night time, which was unexpected. That's kind of a negative thing, I guess, with the um, after surgery, me going through surgery. Yeah. I've only had a couple of um, minor problems since having surgery.
0: Uh, can you tell me about the surgery?
1: The surgery was um, in the you know, twenty eighteen, the sixteenth of August. So um, that was um, a long time it took to kind of get to that place with doing it. Okay. But um, the surgery itself was um, fairly intense. I had thirty six staples in my head, so it was a big surgeon, a big surgery. Sorry. Yeah, after that, we've been reducing medications a bit, and I've only had a couple of seizures
0: after. So it's been a success
1: it's been basically a complete success basically yeah that's great so your life is uh, has changed yeah, it's, quite it's, a bit it's changed monumentally i've um now we're even reducing a couple of medications yeah. and what was life like before the surgery um it got fairly um fairly heavy on the side of over over prescribing of medications type of stuff we got to the point where we were trying nearly everything we could possibly think of and i was taking four medications really high doses and um, the most meant to take those medications is basically three times a day I was starting to do it four because nothing was working at all so we got to the point where we had to have a difference you know there had to have some clouds opening up with a bit of sun coming on so we eventually when we were accepted to have surgery took the took the dive, so to say and done um, went for it because there was nothing else we could really do apart from just keep on pushing on the medications and there was just there was no goodness at the end of that. You're saying we a lot. Who's we? Uh, me and my partner, Kirby. She's been a big
0: support. Has she? How long have you been together?
1: Um, only three years. It seems like it's um, a long time because we've had so much stuff happen in that amount of time. But uh, yeah, she's, she's my big, she's a
0: big rock in my life. See, what we're trying to do is help people understand what it's like mm-hmm. for someone like you. Can you tell us, what's it like when you have a seizure? Um, my, my seizures have
1: changed a lot over my life. When I was a youngin. Um, they used to be called absent seizures, so I could kind of stand up and not really look that wobbly or make any noises, and like it was fairly easy even to miss it a little bit. But now that I'm a lot older, I have grand mal seizures, and they're um, they're very um, really difficult on your body sometimes. So the last the last one I had, I um, was in hospital for a day after, and I did, I nearly slept for about four days straight after it. It was the are really, really big things on your head, on your brain and your body. It takes a huge physical toll. It does take a big toll, especially after surgery. For some reason, they just seem to be even um, a bit harder to get over. You know, to become your normal self again.
0: As a kid growing up with this
1: condition, how did that make life harder than it would for uh, other kids? Um, I, I had my first seizure when I was eight. Um, for a long time, until I was about twelve, my body and brain started to really develop. I didn't have that many seizures, but it was about twelve when I really started to notice a big swing towards... I think when I was 14, I had about 40 to 50 a day, probably.
0: It was getting fairly hectic. As a teenager, as a 14-year-old, I'd get yeah. really depressed about having acne. How does that affect a 14-year-old in an emotional, from an emotional point of view? Half of grade eight, I took off school because it was just too difficult.
1: I couldn't... I found it really difficult to face sometimes the day knowing that you're basically going to have a seizure and a fit in front of your peers within probably half an hour of going to class. So it's, um, it was a big stress. Like it sent me having anxiety attacks and stuff like that and a lot of stress at such a young age. Would, um, it was hard. So I took half a year off school and then I went back at about July because I wanted to pass um, to the end of grade 8. I went back there and socially I integrated fairly well, I guess, compared to a lot of other people around that time. But um, it was really difficult. I think it was good that I went to maybe a Christian school and I was accepted as some of the people... Maybe even maybe self feel sorry for. I'm not sure, but like I I did okay socially in the end. Kids can be really harsh. Yeah, some of the kids there that were from um, a little bit further out of Kingston were they were mean buggers. Some people would kind of mimic a seizure and um, fall on the floor and stuff. It was pretty intense stuff.
0: But um, was it was that would would that offend you or would you just
1: it would offend me? It would offend a lot of other people around as well. People would look at them like kind of like. What are you doing, buddy? You know. Do you see this as something that's changing? There's been a lot of work done with schools, mm-hmm. in particular. The next person I had, my sister, was in grade seven, and I left in grade ten. And when I when I left to go to college, she said that somebody had gone there who had who was having seizures at school, and for them, it wasn't bad at all because people were kind of used to it. You know, the teachers had integrated new strategies to talk to the um, to talk to the students and stuff, and. It seemed like me going there, even though it was difficult, kind of laid a platform for people to become a bit more educated.
0: Is that, is that the best way to help someone? Yeah, I think so, for sure.
1: And a lot of people sometimes when you say, oh, I've got epilepsy, they say, oh, I've got a cousin's brother, sister. Everybody always knows somebody with it who's had a seizure around them. So it doesn't take that much to put people back on track to be really nice about it. Now, are
0: there any other um, misconceptions that a lot of people have
1: about Epilepsy. Um, a lot of people, I think, with um, when it comes to misconceptions about epilepsy, kind of um, always think it's the same thing. They always think people fall on the floor, kind of um, tumble a bit, make a funny noise with their mouth. But um, epilepsy is lots and lots of different things. Um, yeah, my seizures just have gradually got worse and worse and I don't know what would happen if I didn't have surgery. I mean, there wasn't a really, there wasn't a good way to go forward with it because we didn't really know what would happen next. The reason we chose to go and choose surgery was, one, it was on the cards, and secondly, I wanted to sleep in the same bed as my daughter. But having nocturnal seizures, I could smack her in the head with my hands. Having a tonic-clonic seizure in the bed with my daughter, you know, I could roll on, on top of her, I could push her out of the, out of the bed, you know. Like. And so tell us about your daughter, she's, yeah, she's twenty baby. Months, 21, 21 months. She was born um, after you've... Yeah, six, six months after surgery, so that was really stressful, especially on my partner because she had to look after my daughter when I'm um, basically I was in, in... I think I was in the hospital for a week and a half and um, fairly bedridden for the next couple of months. It's, it's really stressful on your head. How are you finding fatherhood? fatherhood father, father, fatherhood's been great. I'm a stay home dad basically three days a week. I do a little bit of um, gardening part-time for myself. But yeah, being a father's been fantastic. It's changed my outlook on the world. And... Um, Yeah, I stayed at home with her a lot and we have a great time. And has your relationship with your daughter improved? My head's been a bit straighter since I've um, had surgery and it's a lot easier for me to um, produce creative outlets for as well. And also my partner goes to work and um, we have a great time there at home. Um, Also, knowing that I can be at home with my daughter and not have any problems with epilepsy-based stuff. I mean, at one point I think I had a seizure after... Sorry, before we had surgery, and I nearly fell on the floor with her when she was about four months old. So that was the point where we wanted to have surgery, just to so say we, um, my my partner could go to work, and I don't know, I've had any problems with that. It's a big long story, but um, no, that's
0: been fantastic. Thank you for t- thank you for your time. Uh, well, look, thank you for opening up. Okay, thank you. The My Journey podcast series has been released by Epilepsy Tasmania for Purple Month 2020. A worldwide grassroots campaign aimed at getting people talking about epilepsy. If you want to find out more, go to epilepsytasmania.org.au. This series is an Icon Media production for Epilepsy Tasmania. I'm Sam Icon, the producer, director, and editor. Sound design is from Nicholas Storr. Music from Chelsea McGoff and Breakmaster Cylinder. And a special thanks to Daniel for sharing his story.